This episode of the State Parks Project focuses on lands that are the ancestral homes of the Kokopa and Kuya peoples. I want to express my gratitude as a visitor. And before we get started, I just want to say that I know some of the audio in this is rather rough. Motor noises and loud bars. This was one of my first recordings, and I've learned a lot since then. Still learning, and I appreciate your grace in this. Thank you for listening. Hey friends, Alex here. And I want to tell you a story about a park that I did not intend on going to. I was on my way somewhere else, to neighboring Anza Borrego Desert State Park. Right before this trip, I showed my friend Tyler where I was going on a map of Southern California, and his eyes lit up and he stabbed his finger on the map and exclaimed, Ocotillo Wells! That place is awesome! I had noted it before while examining the map for my trip to Anza Borrego, but didn't really take it into any form of consideration. You see, Ocotillo Wells is a state recreation vehicle area. Jeeps and dirt bikes and that kind of thing. It's not exactly my bag. I prefer my nature quiet. But Tyler's a big Jeep guy. He used to live in San Diego, only a few hours west, and had taken a few road trips out there. He showed me photos of driving up these craggy desert canyons in this obstacle course, like a skate park for off-road vehicles, constructed out of boulders, concrete construction things, massive tires. I had to admit, it looked really cool. Now, you gotta understand, this was a last second conversation before I headed to Santa Cruz and Big Sur, which we heard about in our first two episodes. And I was focused on the Redwoods and Anza Borrego. But I kept thinking about those photos Tyler had shown me, and I found myself wanting to explore that landscape and get to see this park from the perspective of a 4x4, or whatever you call them. After the Redwoods adventure, I flew to Palm Springs, again with the intention of visiting Anza Borrego. But I had some time to play with. So I joined the Friends of Ocotillo Wells Facebook page and asked if anyone would be willing to take me out for a spin through Ocotillo Wells. I threw it out there that I was doing this podcast thing, that ORVing is not really my jam, but I think it's cool and I had gas and beer money. The first responses that came back brutally rebuffed me. No free rides, hooted one woman. Another grumbled about podcasts altogether that things like this only make things worse. Some responded with laughing emojis and a few others with angry ones. For some reason, this made me want to go more than ever. I was fascinated. What exactly had I stumbled onto? Why were these folks so pissed off? Well, on this episode of the State Parks Project, we infiltrate the ranks of the off-road community. Just kidding. No, no, no. On this episode, we'll explore one of the strangest landscapes I have ever seen and meet a group of people who are deeply passionate for their state lands, but feel under attack. We'll also talk with an off-road vehicle park ranger and learn why he has one of the coolest and most difficult jobs ever on this episode of The State Parks Project, America's Second Best Idea. Hey friends, I'm your host, Alex Roberts. Let's all go back to October of 2021. 
COVID, all that. I'm down in Palm Springs staying with some high school friends. It's sort of a reunion, except my intention is to disappear south of here to the desert each day. I'm trying to get someone to show me around Ocotillo Wells, but I'm getting told off by salty locals on Facebook. I restate my case that despite my lack of experience off-roading, I think it's vital to have great parks where folks can do this, and I just want to check it out. Some folks suggest that I get in touch with an outfitter. They do this for a living and all. I'm already way over any respectful dirtbag's budget, but I try it, and I don't have any luck. But eventually I do get a couple of positive responses. More than one person mentions someone named Shad that if I'm going to talk to anyone, I need to talk to him. Eventually Shad himself shows up on the page, tells me to come down to the Iron Door, a saloon in the middle of the desert, and that I'd find him there. Great. Now I just need to find a ride to get there. Finally, a fellow by the name of Jim reaches out and says, if you're serious, I'll take you out. And that's it. I message him. He gets back to me. We make rudimentary plans to meet at his place in the town of Salton the next morning. It's all very cut and dry. I drive south the next morning through the Coachella Valley to the town of Salton. The Salton Sea glimmers in the desert sun to my left. I'm really excited to see it. Ever since hearing its story, I've had a morbid fascination with the Salton Sea. It's an amazing and tragic story. It's one of the biggest environmental disasters in our country and very few people outside of the region know about it. Check out our bonus episode that'll come out at some point about the Salton Sea and I visit Slab City and, and as one reporter from Vice put it, it's like a road trip through the apocalypse. Anyways, a couple of truck stops greet me as I pull into town and drive to Jim's house at the end of a cul-de-sac. Beyond his place, wide open desert sprawls as far as the eye can see. A couple of guys in their 50s are out in front of the house as I pull in. I wave awkwardly and get out to greet my hosts. Hey Hank, nice to meet you man, how are you? I'm Alex. Alex, nice to meet you Alex. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate this. This is so just to kind of give you guys a little background on what I'm doing. I uh, um, They're openly appraising me like I need to confirm that I'm cool before I'm invited to sit shotgun and gym side by side. I tell them about the project. I notice the slightest of tension when I say the word wilderness since legal wilderness is antithetical to off-road vehicles. Hell, you can't even ride a bicycle in wilderness. You're not anti-off-roader, right? No, hell no. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no, no. My hosts are two guys, about retirement age. My name is Jim Druitt, and I live out here in this place in Ocotillo Wells, and this is my backyard, and this is what I get to do every day, <laughs> if I choose. Hank, do you mind doing the same thing for me, my man? Hi, my name is Hank Bronk. I live here in Salton City, and this is our playground. And like that, I'm in, even though I'm still not even sure what exactly I'm in for. I wasn't even sure how to dress for the day that morning, so I have a lot of questions. What should I, what should I bring? Like, uh, should I grab a, I got a, a small pack, bring some water, bring a... I, you just asked him, you can ride, ride with him, I'm sure he's got a nice dress or something. Okay. I was just asking Hank, what... I, 
bring a water bottle and uh, some, I don't know what. Uh, Whatever you like to drink. Okay. Um, I would just have a cup of water. Okay. But we'll be stopping at the Iron Door for a beer. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. All right. So where, where are we going? What are we doing? We're going out there. All right, I like it. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Jim pulls his razor out of a shipping container. It's a two-seat modern dune buggy looking thing with beefy tires, huge coiled shocks, and it looks like it can take on any terrain. He hands me a helmet and I buckle into more of a harness than a traditional seatbelt, and we rip out through the gravel of his backyard towards the desert horizon. Distant mountains hem in the desert plain to the west, but between us and them is a labyrinth of canyons, rocks, and washes, known as the Badlands. We pass by several camps where the plain is broad and flat, collections of RVs, trailers loaded with quads and dirt bikes, let's go Brandon flags flying on poles. Going through this boulder-strewn little canyon, it's just sandy wash on either side. You can see where all the water has eroded over the years. Just Jim's crawling us over a bunch of big pile of basketball sized rocks. Oh man, check out this little Wow. <laughs> Jim deftly maneuvers us through these narrow canyons of crumbling rock, around and over boulders. I'm continually surprised by the capability of this vehicle. This place reminds me of the beginning of Star Wars, when R2-D2 and C-3PO crash land on Tatooine. We're not gonna get kidnapped by a Jawas today, are we, Jim? I hope not. Oh, man. I haven't seen any yet, Jim fills me in on some of the history here. The military used to be a bomb. They tested the nuclear bomb before they dropped it on Japan here. Really? Oh yeah, there's bombs. There's military bases down there. That's all stuff you could ride to. What you see today is like one tenth of one percent of what what you can do out here. This is a big, strange place, huh? Where are we going now? Uh, just up to these canyons, and we'll end up at a fire hydrant. All right. We climb out of the narrow canyon and onto a mesa. The badlands spread out all around us as a stark desert landscape. Turns out, there's these fun little monuments, as Jim calls them, all over these hills for folks to find. So, all right, what's up with the fire hydrant? There's this random blue fire hydrant on this just random butte out here in a sea of badland buttes. What, what's the story with this thing? Just, there, um, people put monuments like that all over the desert out here so yeah. they're just things to find and see that one's been here for a very very long time but looks I don't like know. it's got a fresh coat of paint looks yeah. pretty good i don't know who put it there yeah on the other side they have uh tether ball oh really there's just they like a the tether ball out the basketball there basketball court and yeah. rv park rv park the teeter totter yeah and the phone booth that's a little hairy getting up there but really and these are the badlands yeah i mean i i see barely a scrap of vegetation i mean there's a little bit of scrub grass after the rains yeah this will all turn green 
I'll just turn green for a couple weeks. And that's where we're going from here. That's where we're going down there? Down there. Okay. <laughs> All right. All the way down there, around, and then right around and out. Sweet. I bet it's pretty easy to get lost out here. It is if you're not outdoorsy. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to get turned around in the canyon. So. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And it all, it all looks the same unless you come across a random blue fire hydrant out in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. Well, I'm having a blast. Thank you. This is awesome. Have you been in a razor before? No, I haven't. What do you think about them? This thing is fun as hell. I want one now. Now that I'm out here with these guys and we're all having a fun time ripping around, I'm curious to hear about the response I received on the Ocotillo Wells Facebook page. People seem pretty protective of of this place, of getting to to do this out here. There's a lot of people trying to shut off-roaders down in California. Is that right? And so that does that feel like a kind of a constant threat or oh yeah it's always a threat i mean they shut they shut down pismo beach they're shutting closing big areas you know i don't want to get political but there's one side wants it the other side doesn't <laughs> yeah yeah you know, and this is a great place to recreate what we're doing right now it's not hurting anybody it's not hurting anything and when you see all the families that are out here and you know, they're camping together, they're riding together, they're not on their phones, they're not doing computer games, video games, they're out here, and you know, enjoying nature. I think there's a lot of reason to keep it open. Yeah. It certainly seems like a, a really appropriate place to, to do this kind of thing. Yeah. And it looks, and it's sweet terrain for it too. <laughs> Before we take off though, I have one more question. What caused you to respond to my post and and uh, be willing to, to take me out here today? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I just do that randomly sometimes. So just instinct. Give the guy a ride. I appreciate it. I couldn't help but notice that that spirit of protection did extend to a stewardship ethic. I'll admit, it was to my surprise that I didn't really see any litter out there, an all too common sight in just about any outdoor space. I mean, I'm sure if you look hard enough, you're gonna find some, but I didn't see any. We throw our helmets back on and get ready to drop back into the canyons of the Badlands and head towards the Iron Door. We're winding our way through these slot canyons over terrain so rugged I keep thinking we won't be able to make it through but Jim navigates adroitly and the razor doesn't even struggle. But these cataracts are so narrow, we hardly fit. And I suddenly wonder, what if we encounter somebody coming head on? There's one way or what happens if you run into somebody at the bottom of those? Depends on if you have the bigger car or not. Oh yeah? No, you got, yeah, you gotta keep your head on straight. You know, you gotta be aware of like, corners and stuff you got to be prepared for somebody coming the opposite direction so then somebody just kind of has to back down yeah if, if you can't pass usually like if we're going like if i'm in front and i see a car coming i'll radio all the other guys 
how many cars are coming, and if one or the other groups usually will pull off to the side and let that whole group go through, and then they'll continue. Sure, that makes sense. Everybody's pretty courteous. So, are you saying that there's a bar somewhere out here? Yeah. We climb out of the canyons, back onto the broad plains where sandy roads wind through rugged vegetation. In the distance, we spot a convoy of dirt bikes and emergency vehicles heading our way. They were all driving pretty fast. A giant plume of dust kicks up behind them, signifying the severity of whatever's happened. We pull over and let them pass. There's an ambulance coming down the, uh, the desert wash right now on basically this gravel road. As I will learn, this is an all too common sight out here. We pull into the sun-bleached and sand-blasted community of Ocotillo Wells, a collection of small homes and RV parks, completely surrounded by inhospitable desert. If the Badlands are like the place where the Jawas kidnapped our favorite droids, then the Iron Door is most certainly the Moss Isley Cantina. It's not quite noon, but I'm ready for a beer. This place is just incredible. There are dollar bills covering every square inch of the walls. People have written their names on there, where they're from, the dates. Chrome Divas. Coquina, a.k.a. Shelly. Fire department patches. Pool table. Elvis. How are you? Wonderful. Can I have a Modelo, please? Jim sees a helicopter land in the distance, most likely for whomever the ambulance we had passed was after. We pull up some chairs to the bar and join this colorful collection of desert rats and lounge lizards. Now that I've had the chance to cruise around a little with Jim and Hank, they want to hear not only what I think about off-roading so far, but about where I stand in regards to off-roading on public lands. I'm right in the middle, man. I'm, you know, I want to protect biodiversity. I want to protect habitat. But I also want people to get outside and have a connection to the land. I mean, like the folks out here, they don't want to turn this place into a, into a, a mall. You know, they, they don't want to turn this into a, some crazy development or have a strip mine or whatever either. So, you know, if, if, if what you want to do is... Uh, preserve a place that you know, those are those are your allies you know maybe they're not in maybe you're not into each other's sports or whatever and you know and maybe maybe you don't like the noise or whatever but you know you, you can also see eye to eye on a lot of things no I, you know like i don't like just tearing shit up i mean i've been off-roading all through colorado I love to ride down the forest roads. Yeah. And do you know they have designated roads that you can ride on? I don't go off of that and tear shit up, you know. But I love to ride through the trees and all that shit. Yeah. Too old to fucking walk through it. <laughs> so how else am I gonna go? A tall, wiry figure walks in, and Jim points him out, saying that's Shad, the man himself. I amble over and introduce myself. Oh, shit. You're, you're uh, Shad? Yeah. I'm, I'm Alex. I'm late. 
No, okay. you're fine, man. You're oh, right okay. on time. We right. came early. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, we're just we're chilling. We're just grabbing some beers. Yeah, yeah. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's going on Joey, with you, man? I'm out. Nice to meet you. Mike, nice to I let Shad finish chatting with his buddies and go back over to hang with Jim and Hank. Shad dips behind the bar and starts serving folks. It's only then that I realize he's not just another local. He's the proprietor of this establishment. I'm eager to chat with him, but I don't want to be a bother either, so I'm just chilling. Besides, I'm having a good time hanging with Jim and Hank. As you can hear from my voice, I'm kind of a lightweight these days, and I'm getting the beer munchies. You guys want to split one of those pizzas with me? Do you have a slice? I can't. Well, I can have the topping. <laughs> I'm on it. You're, you're doing the keto right on, bro. I lost um, 38 pounds so far this year. No Four shit? Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll eat toppings. Thank God beer's on the keto diet, right? No. <laughs> Finally, after a few minutes of thirsty work, Shad has a moment to talk with me. Oh, yes, I can. What do you want? To I'll, I'll let you. Uh... I just want to take a sip of some cold beer. Yeah, damn it. Please let me introduce you to Shad Hunziker. I am a resident of Escondido and Acatia Wells, owner of the Iron Door Bar, um, off road enthusiast, lover of people and this environment. Shad did not open the Iron Door but he's proud to carry the torch and share what it means to this community. This bar, the Iron Door Bar, is part of the off-roading culture. It's, it's like I might own the bar, but really the community owns the bar. There's uh, approximately $10,000 on the walls, and that's not all that's gone up. There's all kinds of people's personal things that get put up. You're talking about the dollar bills that are... Everybody writes their name on it, their date on it, and the thing is, is what what does Akatia Wells mean to us, and then what does the Iron Door mean to us? It means a little bit different to everybody, but overall, it means family. You know, the the, the kids that come in here at 21, like they come in, they go, like, "This is my first beer in a bar, and I'm drinking it at the Iron Door," and they're turning 21. Their families, everybody. All the families in Akatia Wells come here. At one point in their cultural history, they have come here, and this has been part of their uh, community. It's the thing that they do. Now, I want you to keep in mind that this is October 2021. COVID and whatnot. It was a hard time for all, especially small rural towns who rely on visitors. And I'm not here to reopen that whole can of worms. But I also believe it's important to share what Shad, this de facto spokesman for this community, had to say. Because at the end of the day, this is a community that is not only passionate for their state lands, but rely on them for their way of life. I think that state parks are a great resource for all of the community. And I think that it's very... um, unfortunate and disingenuous of the state to shut them down you know when it, what they did during covid out here was uh it didn't need to be done you know just because they're worried about people getting injured and stuff like that that's one thing but um you know to restrict us from having open spaces 
I think it's emotionally wrong to the community. You know, so the necessity of the state parks staying open, not being regulated to fucking death, you know, excessive fees, bullshit fucking uh, cops with badges that think they're fucking, you know, their job is to fuck with us, not help us. They're not out here helping us. I'm giving you what's real deal about the state parks. You can edit the F words out or whatever you want, but I know that this community doesn't appreciate them shoving it up our ass, regulating the trails, you know, stopping us for every fucking cooler that they see, you know, I understand the safety aspects of it, I understand the legal aspects of it, but the state of California is who we're talking about, they regulate our parks, the people's parks, the fucking government doesn't own the parks. The people own the government, and that's real. And people are fucking uh, waving our rights everywhere they go. Can you tell me about what, um, as like as a business owner, what having the state parks here means to you as a business owner? It's kind owner? of like um, you're entire economy goes away when a state park shuts it down. So there's an example. So, you know, you talk about a business that's dependent on the state parks. In Ocotillo Wells specifically, there's eight months of business, and then there's four months of heat, and nobody comes out, and they want to go to the river. And um, it's critical to the economy, but the thing is, is the state doesn't help us. They, they don't give us any consideration for being a small business in a historically underdeveloped, this is a hub zone, historically underdeveloped region, and for them to restrict them does us harm. And they think that they can do whatever the fuck they want. And that goes for regulating us, for charging us $100,000 for a helicopter ride. Well, nobody gets an ambulance ride, so you get a $100,000 bill. Now, what about our state registration? What about all these side-by-sides and all the things that bazillions of dollars, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in taxes on every motorcycle, quad, ATV, all the parts that we buy, the tires that we buy, the service that we pay for, the side-by-sides that they're paying for, and then what, they regulate that we can't go out there anymore? And they just stop us after they just collected millions in sales tax hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in registration fees and then they say oh you can't ride that anymore I mean what, what's this fucking new two stroke regulation thing you know they want to shut down ocean dunes from people being able to go there all of a sudden a dude walks in from the back patio and gets Shad's attention asking about where his pizza is oh okay well now I know we ate his pizza oh no Sorry, um... Sorry, brother. I thought that was our pizza. Yeah. We ate... Yeah. If it's any consolation, it was really good. What size are you hungry now? I think that state parks are very important to the community. And all kinds of crazy stuff goes on. You know, it gets a little rowdy. Yes, sir. Just those? I'm going to be honest with you. I did not expect to hear Sinead O'Connor in this bar. <laughs> I know about the same thing. Drink and drop. This is just a safety 101 for everybody to know out there in uh, podcast land. Don't drink and drive. And don't masturbate and drive. Yeah, that really is distracting. (laughs) (laughs) So we wind up getting those rescues that people are stranded at midnight calling and saying, yo, we're broke down. We don't even know where we're at. Well, that doesn't help us find you. 
but knowing that you're broke down out there, we can try to figure out where you're at, you know? Yeah. And we help people like that. Even if, like I said, policy out here is, even if we don't like you, we're going to help you because it's dangerous to be alone when you need help. Chad brings up the sort of elephant in the room, the unwelcoming response I received on the Ocotillo Wells Facebook page. You got a lot of responses on uh, people not wanting exposure. What do you mean? Like, on a, on a hockey team off page or whatever it was, people were like, yeah. yeah, don't do a podcast and bring a bunch of fucking, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They, don't bring a bunch of not us type of people. You know, it's like. Uh, yeah, I saw that too. A lot of people didn't want to give you a ride. Yeah. But I was expecting that a little bit, but it was, it was kind of interesting. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? You're here? Yeah. I'm here. Now you know what I thought. I appreciate that. What else needs to be said? Yeah. You're drinking a beer, you ate a pizza. What the fuck else you need to know? Put that on your podcast. I probably will. I'll hunt your ass down, though, if you fucking hang us. Trust me. I believe it. That tells me you're all right. Well, I appreciate that. When I asked Chad if he had any parting words of wisdom before we headed out, he shared this with me. I think the biggest thing is I want to encourage people to be considerate of others. You know, whenever you're in um, any state park or Ocotillo Wells and you're off-roading, you know, safety is, is important. A lot of people get hurt and... There's a reason why we have emergency personnel out here. You know, last year during Thanksgiving time, there's like 12 or 14 life flights in two days, you know, and these are people that are getting hurt and dying and, um, and getting hurt really bad too. But I think being considerate of each other, you know, um, we, if we all do our part to make the community better, then it'll be better. But our attitude matters. You know, so I don't know. That biggest thing is safety and kindness, and that goes a long ways. Amen, brother. Sure, thank I you. really appreciate right it. Right on. Great establishment you have. Thank you. This guy's taking care of me. It's been great. I thank Shad for his time and hospitality, and he walks us out to the Razors, wishing us a good ride home. Namaste. So after having a blast with Jim and Hank, ripping around Ocotillo Wells State Recreational Vehicle Area, meeting Shad and some other locals and wanderers passing through at the Iron Door, and being exposed to some of their frustrations about how their parks are being run and how they're feeling treated on this land, I wanted to talk to somebody from Cal Parks and get their perspective. So I got in touch with an off-road vehicle ranger named Peter Ostrowski. He's a busy guy and it took us a little while to connect, but I finally got in touch with him as he was leaving one training, heading to another. Here's Peter. My name's Peter Ostrowski, I'm State Park Interpreter 3 for the Interpretation and Education Division. Uh, I'm part of the Off-Highway Vehicle uh, Outreach and Education Team. Right on. And yeah, can you just tell me more about your job? Sure. Uh, my job basically is uh, I manage a team that we travel throughout the state to talk about all the different off-road recreation there is in California. 
not just the nine SVRAs or state vehicular recreation areas that we own as the state, but we also talk about U.S. Forest Service land. We also talk about Bureau of Land Management. Um, and we're also starting to do education programs that teach kids about stewardship and kind of developing more uh, outreach and education about the OHV that happens here in the state of California. So as part of that, I manage a team of two guys uh, that we travel around. We do all these different things at different parks. That's great. I think that's really cool that you're doing like cross-agency outreach because oftentimes people have no idea what what agency is in charge of whatever land that they're recreating on. We all kind of have to work together as one team because we have this very particular type of recreation in California. How often does your job have you out like on the trails on a, on a bike or other vehicle? Uh, anytime I want to go out, it's kind of the nice thing about my job is like, uh, I get to go out anytime I feel like, you know, if there's like a day that we're supposed to be at the office, I'll be like, nah, we're going out. We're going to go for, we'll hit up a park and go ride for a bit. Dude, that's awesome. That sounds like a dream job. Actually, it's part of our mission statement with the Off-Highway Vehicle Division of State Parks is to, is to talk about safety and to educate the public uh, and to protect the resources. So we take our mission super seriously because that's what sets the basis for us to be doing what we do. Nice, nice. What, what are some of the challenges you run into out there? We have a really big, uh, tough task of really trying to remind people just to, you know, just for basic kind of respect and understanding of the environment and to be safe out there. It's really interesting though, because at the same time, we talk a lot at our headquarters about uh, OHV recreation in the state. And we know that there is a huge percentage of riders who really take care of the environment, who follow the rules, who just want to like adhere to the laws. Um, but then we always got that 1% who kind of just, you know, comes out there and wants to rip it. And we're, we're trying to help to educate those folks. Interesting. Interesting. That, well, it seems like a really important role to you're, you're this like kind of intermediary between the, you know, like regulators of this and the users and you're like kind of this ambassador between these, these two groups almost. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, it kind of fits really well with what we're called. So our classification is called an interpreter. And I mean, like when we come to the field and we're like, yeah, we're a state park interpreter. People always ask us, they're like, Oh, what language do you speak? And we're like, we're like, uh, some of us can speak another language, but we honestly, like, I usually use the Lorax line because, you know, we speak for the trees, for the trees have no voice. But we also speak for the laws to be understood and for people to know, like, what they can and can't do and to help them to understand that, you know, this is what something says. But the only way that you can cause change is by being active within the community and being a, joining groups that can help out with you know, protecting a lot of rights and other things like that, that people want to have. Yeah. 
do you run into so I when we talked before I told you about when I went down to Ocotillo Wells and you know tried to find some some folks to like take me out which I was eventually successful with but initially people were not interested in having me around having any kind of podcast about their land and were you know kind of gatekeeping and weren't the most welcoming to outsiders is that something that you run into you know we run into that sometimes um but we also have to look at it from different perspectives uh because of the fact of like you know some people don't want to share some of the special places that they have um because they don't want it to get overrun um as far as the ohv community it's a very you know i always call them a very passionate group and passion works both ways um and so, you know, a lot of times people will be very welcoming in the community, but they also are very skeptical of, of new people. And so it's, it's kind of a phrase that I've, I've coined, and it's something that my grandfather taught me, is where uh, you have to earn your bones. And what that means is you kind of have to, like, gain the respect of the people in the community for them to start to kind of warm up and to talk to you. Um, because sometimes, you know, people are afraid of like sharing information and that could get something shut down or something or their special place destroyed or anything else like that. So, you know, you just have to kind of see it from different perspectives, but you also like us for interpreters and educators, we're also the ones who are kind of looking at everything and being like, you know, this is for everyone. This is when we say access for all, we want everybody to know about these different places. So we kind of have to walk this balanced beam of um, of what to do and how to do it, and also to be respectful of our community who's been there a long time. And that's just because we've lost a lot from different groups and different things that are going on all over. It seemed like there is a sense of, of being under attack. Is, mm-hmm. is that that seems like something you've seen or felt out there? Yeah, and a lot of times they are feel like they're being under attack because of the way that they want to recreate, and they feel like that's being judged. And it's like, you know, it it, it can be judged, but at the same time, like, we all need to recreate responsibly, and we all need to make sure that we're doing things in a, in a right way. So if people are a little, like, skeptical of you, that's a little strange, but at the same time, like, you know, it's it's just about we want to make sure that we keep places open. That's kind of where it comes down to. And, you know, and some people are going to gatekeep on that, but honestly, like with state parks, we're more of the along the lines of like, Hey, we want you to come out here and we want you to know about this. And we want people from the Sierra club or from other organizations to see what this is like and, and have that interaction because there, you don't grow if you don't have these conversations and you don't grow if you keep everything gate-kept. Um, and in the OHV world, you've got to remember is that a lot of people have lost lands that they used to be able to ride on because, you know, either closures or fires or whatever. So they're going to be a little bit more protective of what they got. What, it, what has led to some of those closures? So um, some of the closures have been due to um, actually a large part, uh, especially in U.S. forestry spots, is due to uh, the wildfires. And a lot of wildfires, when they burn through 
uh, they'll close large areas of land that include OHV trails, and it's for the it's for the the user safety uh, because they don't want people to be riding out there and have a deadfall fall on someone and somebody die. Um, so that's one of the main things of where we see closures at uh, for the state. The other thing is is that we see closures uh, due to like erosion issues. So you know, being able to have sustainable trails is a big thing for us, but we sometimes have to close trails because we have issues where the water runoff changes from a side of a hill. And so then we've got to close certain trails. Um, we also see a lot of closures due to people riding off the trail. Um, and that's because of the fact of, uh, you know, sometimes the trail isn't as exciting as what people would want. So they're going to do something that they're, they're not expecting consequences to be there, but there are is that when you ride off trail, you're going to probably get a closure happening. Um, so there's a lot of different reasons of why closures and those, those types of things happen. Uh, but then there's a lot of good stories about places reopening or, you know, what we're looking at right now for the OHV side of state parks is, uh, we're looking at, uh, a piece of land that we were originally supposed to have for Carnegie's state vehicular recreation area, which is located outside of Tracy, California. And I, I kind of wanted to pull back the veil a little bit with like the Calis, you know, state park governance. Cause I think people have this idea that there's this, like, if you're a government employee, you all have the same mindset and there's this like stonewall front and we're all on this policy and everything. Is it that, or is, or is there more of like a debate within, uh, you know, the state parks to, as to how to move forward and manage these? Yeah. Um, it's, it's for sure a debate. Um, you know, because you have to remember that, um, is that like as a government agency, we are we are we are expected to be a certain way. But when we're having conversation in meeting rooms or at a park or or at a commission meeting, like we're having that discussion and we're allowing our viewpoints to be seen and heard, so that we're not seen as just like government drones, but we're seen as like oh my gosh, they actually do care and they actually want to do something about this. You know, and I would just encourage, like, you know, we have these conversations all the time. Not everybody agrees with each other, but we're having these conversations and we're trying to understand the different sides or we're trying to understand the science so that we're better informed about making a decision that is good for the rest of California, you know, just so that we're keeping places open. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think that's really important where people, especially when people get frustrated that it's like, look, there's, it's, there's a reason why it's so messy, <laughs> you know? Sure. And yeah, I, I don't know. I think that can get forgotten or something sometimes. Oh yeah. It can totally get forgotten. And it's like, you know, you got to remember is that before, um, before there was any type of government involved in any of this, like, it could have been the Wild West, but now with certain, you know, aspects of us being involved in things, it's a little bit more of a place that people can come and and enjoy that park or make sure that they know that they have, this is my best example, know that they have somebody who, if they are in a vehicle accident, 
that there's going to be someone there on the scene to get them out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that goes to our law enforcement. I have to give a huge, a huge hat nod to them because they're the ones out there day to day, you know, working with people who, you know, one moment will say something negative, but then the next moment when they, you know, they need someone to come and rescue them, they're there. No questions asked. Nothing, nothing negative to say. They're just there to help you. Yeah, that's huge. That whole, uh, yeah, that, you know, search and rescue component. I mean, you know, whether you're injured or your vehicle breaks down and now you're out in the, you know, Mojave Desert or wherever and things can get serious real quick. They can. And I've actually seen it to where, you know, like my example is, is I've seen visitors say derogatory terms to to some of our law enforcement or to people who are there to help. And then, you know, that evening, that person got into an accident and we were all there on scene helping. So it's like, you know, that's, that's another good thing about us being there at some of these lands to be able to help out. Well, Peter, I, I know you, you probably got to get on to the next thing in your day, but yeah, just, I always want to keep it open to you. Is there anything that you want to add or restate or bring back up or anything? You know, I just want to restate that, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about the OHV community. There's a lot of misconceptions about like different types of recreation. And I would just encourage people to, to be open. And, you know, as Ted Lasso says, from his quote, you know, be curious. Be curious. I love it. Well, right on, Peter. I really appreciate your time, man. And thank you for, uh, for sticking with this, the back and forth, uh, that we've had for a couple months now. And I'm, I'm just really grateful that we got this chance. Absolutely. Alex. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. I really, you know, I'm really glad to, to talk about things any anytime you want to connect again i'm happy to hey that sounds great yeah i, I doubt this will be the last time that we uh, explore the off-road vehicle world for the podcast or i certainly hope not so uh yeah i'll be in touch sounds good man well thank you for listening to another episode of the state parks project america's second best idea from chumstick productions we want to thank Jim Druin and Hank Bronk for taking me out to Ocotillo Wells and to Shad Hunziger at the Iron Door, as well as Peter Ostrowski with California State Parks. And thank you to everyone who has been tagging us in their adventures on Instagram. We love seeing y'all out there. The State Parks Project is a community member of Leave No Trace who reminds us to travel and camp on durable surfaces, which also means keeping your tires where they're allowed to go. Today's soundtrack includes Ween, Plasticine Cowboy, as well as Spare Ribs and Bluegrass Sauce. Thank you, guys. I'm your host, Alex Roberts, and we look forward to seeing you next on the State Parks Project, America's second best idea. And don't masturbate and drive.